Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Two Iraqis came here to this country, were radicalized. For that terror attack overseas. Total and complete shutdown. Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. Assalamu alaikum, boys and girls. It is Tuesday evening, and it is before 8 o'clock because it's Ramadan, so we want to make sure everybody gets to break their fast at an appropriate moment, depending on where you are in the United States. Uh, we are here again, once again, live on YouTube, live on Periscope. So make sure if you're following us on YouTube, make sure you click subscribe and make sure you click the little bell when you click subscribe so that you get the alerts when we go alive. Uh, and we are here this evening and we are ready to go. So let's not waste any more time. Ladies and gentlemen, the hardest working imam that I know, Imam Azhar. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings of peace to all our listeners on this Tuesday of May in the blessed month of Ramadan. We welcome you on Periscope, on Twitter, on YouTube and on any other platform that you will be accessing this in the future. Uh, we welcome you to another show where we discuss the issues that are of concern, that are, area, that are issues of contention within our society, within our community. We discuss these issues solely because we want to bring light to darkness. We want to bring understanding to ignorance. And we want to spark discussions and dialogues that reverberate beyond this show and beyond these 30 minutes that we use on a weekly basis. We come to you tonight, uh, uh, completing the first 10 nights of Ramadan uh, tonight. Uh, we come as people who are not just hungry physically, but spiritually charged. Uh, we come to you as people who are grateful for the opportunity to remind ourselves of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we come to you as people seeking a common ground and a solution for the problems that afflict our world. If you don't know, this week uh, another mosque was burned down, and this time it was here in America, uh, in uh, Connecticut, New Haven, Connecticut, where, um, according to the fire um, marshal, uh, it was a deliberately um, it was a deliberate fire, which means it was an arson and it was a hate crime. We come to you as in a world that is broken and shattered and nothing makes sense. And I wish that could be our topic of discussion tonight as much as we want to keep it positive. Unfortunately, the topic that you all chose, and I was also amongst the ones who selected that topic, because not every discussion needs to be a uplifting one with virtues, but uh, sometimes it has to be an uplifting one with acknowledgement of the trial that lies ahead of all of us. So without further ado, I'm going to ask our dear brother Carl, uh, who is the most integral part of our show, to allow you all to realize what was the poll and what the answer is and what was the selected topic this week. So brother Carl, enlighten us. 
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you head over to Twitter, you will find Ven Network, V-E-N-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. If you follow us there on Mondays, we post our poll where you, our listeners, fans, and uh, whatever else, you know, everybody and anybody is allowed to take part in this. And uh, we post this poll and we share it and we encourage everybody to retweet it and vote. Because this is how we choose our topics, because we want to talk about what's important to you guys. Because this really is your show, and that's what we're here to do. Uh, This week's poll was uh, Religion uh, on Death Row, Ramadan While in the West, uh, a Ramadan Checkup, and What's the Deal With? And as you can see on your screen right now, it was uh, Religion on Death Row that won this week's poll. And I'm just flipping more buttons because that's what I do. And so that will be our topic of discussion this evening. And this is spawned by uh, uh, a couple of cases. Uh, apparently, they even reached the Supreme Court, I guess, where uh, some Muslims and other faiths had asked for a religious representation in their final moments, and they were denied. Uh, it's in my understanding that, well, you know what, I'll, I'll turn it over to, to our illustrious Imam. Uh, Imam Mazhar, back to you. Concerning. Uh, it's very concerning. Uh, you look at the article here uh, in regards to the conservative Supreme Court justice uh, spar over execution of Muslim Buddhist inmates. Um, if you recall that there was a recent um, denial of religious clergy members uh, to be alongside inmates uh, when they are going to be executed. Uh, it was one of the rights based on freedom of religion, freedom of speech, and also one of the final wishes that are allowed uh, to any inmate that's being executed, regardless how heinous their crimes may have been. There has been uh, a claim that um, this is no longer acceptable, but we see that a Buddhist uh, inmate had been allowed a clergy member at the time of his execution while a Muslim who was executed was not. Uh, According to Justice Kavanaugh, who is the newest member of the Supreme Court, uh, he says that the Alaba Muslim man who was executed in February never claimed that, um, he never claimed an equal religious right under the First Amendment. So the fact that he didn't articulate it under the First Amendment meant that he didn't get it. Plus uh, the guy who, um, plus he demanded the Imam too late whereas the Buddhist guy had given ample time and uh, thus his needs was accommodated. So we have this in front of us. And then we have a member of the Muslim community, Omar Suleiman, who gave the opening prayer um, in Congress and um, is being categorized as uh, anti-Semite for his stance and his position Although his prayer did not articulate anything of such kind, uh, we have people of all religious backgrounds for the century plus of this nation's existence and prayer's existence in this nation. 
I know we've been around for over 200 years, but uh, we're talking about the fact that prayers have been a common practice. I know when I gave the opening prayer in Tallahassee, Florida, I was the first Muslim to do so in its 174-year history. So let us say in 200 years, how many thousands of clergy members have stood up and given an opening prayer? How many of them have presented their faith and how many of them stayed in a safe zone not to speak of their faith, rather to address the values and the morals and ethics that guide us and make us one in this country? I don't recall anyone pulling up their religious dirt or background of what ideas they hold personally or according to their faith publicly when they preach uh, in their areas of congregation. What we're facing is this double standards, and that's why the topic tonight is, you know, religions on death row and truly Islam and Muslims are being pointed out. I'm not here tonight to say that every Muslim is pure and every Muslim uh, has not uh, given an opportunity for people to throw dirt on them, nor am I here to claim that they're clemency. I'm just here to say that there is a problem, and, and that problem has to be seen equally across the board and not with one people or one faith uh, exclusively. So here, Carl, we have a, an inmate who wasn't allowed an imam by his side, uh, Islamically speaking. Um, his, his matter is now with God, with Allah. What his crimes were, he has returned to Allah. That's between him and Allah. We learn from the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, that the door of repentance is open until the soul reaches its throat. So if he had sought repentance and said the word of Allah and said the kalima, which is that he believes no God but Allah and Muhammad is his final messenger at the time of death, he died with his Islam. What will happen on the Day of Judgment in response to the crimes that he committed against humanity, uh, the injustice that was perpetrated, he has to answer that in front of Allah to those people. Uh, but when it comes to um, the fact that he wasn't allowed, Carl, what went through your mind? And we want to hear from our in, uh, from our audience tonight that when you hear such things happening, when you hear these things becoming the norm, where a Muslim can be pointed out for a view that they've held or that they hold, maybe in private, even though they don't articulate in public, and if they do articulate in public, they don't make it a source of contention or problem or divisiveness in this nation or in this world. Uh, they're being pulled out. They're being pointed out. They're being uh, stood out like a thorn. Uh, but um, I think these are all systematic ways of showing that Islam is not conducive at any time in any place uh, and that Muslims need to come under great scrutiny and possibly end up into camps like the two million plus Chinese Muslims right now to be uh, reintroduced to what it means to be civil and what it means to be human. Carl, what's your thoughts? So I actually have a few thoughts on this because, you know, first off, and I'm going to take a really like deep inward approach on this uh, on, a, on, a, on one level, which is that we're getting attacked so much and we're getting drawn into this us versus them versus them versus us 
so much you know oh all the muslims hate all the jewish people and the muslims hate everybody who isn't muslim and i mean you can go back and and, and look at it look at our topics on on our other videos and you can see that that you know we we've talked about this more than once and to be honest with you at some level we have to stop our own infighting and we have to come together you know kind of regardless of what their school of what someone's school of thought is we have to come together and we have to band together because we're stronger as one because if somebody comes and goes oh look at these muslims and your first response is oh well those guys are shia or those guys are are are, are sunni and that's why they're like that well you're not helping the situation any bro you need to, you know, we need to come together as as a as a as as as, a, as an ummah and stand together to 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 fight a lot of this hatred. But at the same time, you know, you said that somebody may have held a view in private. There's no such thing as private anymore. If you open a Twitter account or you open a, a YouTube channel or you, all you have to do is speak publicly someplace. And there's cameras all over. Nothing's done in private anymore. But I think the one thing that kills me about it is the evolution of someone's thoughts. 20 years ago, you may have felt one way or thought one way. And, you know, based on new evidence, it's okay to change your mind about things. And... I don't think we have that as a society, not just Muslims, but in general as humans, I don't think we've reached that level where we can we can forgive people and say, okay, you've learned something and you've changed your point of view, that's fine. I think it's easier just to keep beating them over the head with the same thing. Hey, I made this trip and I saw this thing and I learned this thing and now I have a new point of view. Oh, great. Well, you still said this back then, so we're still holding that, and that's going to be your... It's like, that's not what I said. That's not what I did. I've changed. No, we're not going to accept that. So, I mean... But I also think... And it wasn't actually... I mean, I, I've been kind of following this story to begin with, mm -hmm. but I actually... For me, it's a little... It seems a little sketchy to me mm -hmm. because what does an appropriate amount of time mean? Did the guy ask like a week before? Did he ask five minutes before? Did he ask a month before? And who sets that appropriate time limit? Who says this is okay, that's not? And it's just, it's... I think you're missing something very important in between. Uh, and that is that you're talking about the appropriation of time, like what is the best time that one needs to ask. I think the red flag to me is <clears throat> the fact that he's an American. He is an inmate, and according to Bernie Sanders, every American inmate should have the right to vote because their rights as an American doesn't go away because they're in prison. Yes, because of a crime, they have a felony, they may not be able to work again, they may not be able to apply in certain places or do certain things, but they're still American. And, and the question here I think that's being missed is, forget appropriation of time, what was the right amount of time? 
how did we determine that an American has lost his constitutional rights? Not because he was in jail. Let's not talk about that. I think that's baloney. It's not about the fact that he was in jail um, and, and so he lost that right because other inmates were guaranteed that right, regardless if he asked a day before the other guy did and, or the other guy asked a day before he did. Let, let that be. The rights are being stripped and I think people don't understand that. When people take down individuals, they have to know there's a stopping point. Look, I'll disagree with you, Carl, on something, and I'll take you down on that issue, but there has to be a stop. Like, you don't get personal. You don't go into people's mothers or fathers or parents. Like, you know, there, there, there's a stop, right? And that stop in our nation should be that as much as I despise what you stand for, what you say, what you claim, the fear-mongering you do, you're still an American. You know what? And we're fellow citizens of the same country. That's a stopping point. And that stopping point isn't accessible or it is not guaranteed anymore for Muslims. And that's what that, that, that case says. Justice Kavanaugh, all due respect, your, your, your explanation is flawed that he didn't ask in a timely manner. He's an American. You give every inmate that's on death row, we watch it on movies also, you give them their final wish. Someone wants steak, someone wants ribs, someone wants uh, to see their family. Whatever the claim is, they get it, right? So long it's it's appropriate and it's doable. It's like someone says, I want to tour the world on an 80-day cruise before I die. It doesn't work like that. But something that you can do, something that's doable, something that's feasible. A person's asking for a religious member to be there by their side when they're being executed. What's wrong with that? And so, Carl, again, every single topic we discuss is highlighting a very distinct, clear point. And that is, as you wake up and see the light of day in America, and you go to sleep under the stars here in America, and this isn't just in America, it's in the parts of the world now, you are actively seeing your rights being stripped away under your feet, but you're so caught up looking up in the sky that you forgot that there was some ground holding you below. And, and, and that's, that's the dangerous part. And that's the reality. That's the reality. So you agree or disagree with Omar Suleiman. You agree or disagree with uh, the inmate who was executed without the imam present. You cannot disagree on the fact that someone's right is being violated. Someone's rights are being toppled or trampled over and someone is being scapegoated because of something which isn't in their hand see a person who is a muslim inmate shouldn't be looked at as al-qaeda isis or terrorist because that's not islam islam predates all these fringe organizations so why do you look at someone and see venom and hate that you may have towards other people by broad brushing them also? It doesn't work. It doesn't work if it's a Christian. It doesn't work if it's a Jew. It doesn't work if it's a person from the LGBTQ community. And it doesn't work if the person's an atheist or agnostic. Why is it working? Why is this broad brush analogy working when it comes to Muslims? So I have two words before we turn it to you and, of course, our listeners, if they have anything to say tonight. Number one, Muslims need to unite. And what should unite them is two things, the religion. And number two, 
the nation they reside in. Let me explain that. So long whatever you're practicing is within the text to the guidance of the scholars and the mentors that have brought forth a broader spectrum and understanding of the religion, which displays respect of each human being in the Muslim faith, ensuring that their rights are not violated, ensuring that their blood is sacred, you need to unite under that. And the second thing you need to unite under is the claiming of your religion in your in your region or in your nation that you reside in without anyone pushing you to feel that you're not part of that nation. This thing has to go. Americans, Muslims, Muslim American, American Muslim, or just American or just Muslim. You're a Muslim and you live in America. America is your home. So you're Muslim American. There is no discussion beyond this. We need to stop fighting the notion that hijab or niqab or prayer or falafel violates being American. We need to stand firm as a united force that we are American. We are here for the betterment of humanity. We are not here to steal its resources. Rather, the history of Islam to the guidance and light of the Quran showed that anywhere Muslims went, they became an asset to society. They were not a burden upon that society. So again, Muslims, unite tonight under the text of your religion and under the constitution law of your nation and fight for the goodness and security of every person that is part of that nation as you fight for yourself and for your rights also. This fight means a verbalization with respect, with, with uh, understanding, with common courtesy. It does not mean pulling up your sleeve and swinging punches, nor does it mean profanity, and nor does it mean waging war. So anyone who wants to take my word out of context, I just clarified and I've clearly articulated what it is that I'm saying. Let us all fight for good. Let us all fight for good for all people. Let us not put anyone down in the pursuit of that fight for goodness. As we fight for that goodness, let us quell phobias and preconceived notions that are presented through propaganda that is instilling fear in our nation that is ticking, that is becoming like a ticking time bomb that is bringing a rise towards hatred and violence into our nation. Let us fight that with our words, with justice, with kindness, with goodness, by preserving other people's rights without violating anyone's right. And you will secure your right also. Carl? Amin. And uh, I think I will say uh, the 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 chat rooms seem rather quiet this evening. I mean, brace yourself for this shocking bit of information. But we we had a troll on Twitter. I mean, I know this a troll on Twitter is very shocking and unheard of. But yeah, we had one. Um, but uh, the chat rooms are qu relatively quiet this evening. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, as as usual, you you are correct and you are accurate in in everything that you have said. 
uh, I think the only thing that's that that the only thing I was thinking was um, in our last like five minutes here. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to lighten the topic just a little bit? <laughs> sure, sure, of and, course. And we can talk about the terrible, terrible news that I shared with you this morning. Oh, uh, my fellow friends, we come to you this evening uh, as Americans who are hurt. We are um, shaken. We are trying to understand how to cope with this traumatic news. Uh, It dates back to our childhood when the discussion revolved around the cookie or the cream. Uh, it was, did you dip the cookie into the milk or did you lick the cream off and then dip the cookie? Our discussion is about Oreos. This morning we heard, uh, we, we followed a tweet uh, in which um, someone asked Oreo to explain if they were halal. And Oreos made a statement that their cookies are not halal which means that they are not suitable according to the Muslim dietary laws for consumption for the Muslim community. And so it's caused um, a great uproar. We are crying and we are shocked that the cookie that was the backbone uh, of our upbringing, uh, especially the double stuffed Oreos. And for me as a Canadian, it was the fudgios, you know, the fudge cookies. Uh, yeah, and you get them here in grocery stores. Yes, you do. If you go to the cookie section and you look up, remember, in, in stores, the higher you look, the, 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 more, um, the more better the product. Just keep that in mind. So when it comes to cereals, when it comes to cookies or anything else, uh, unless they have a designated area for the good ones, like the organic section, for example. So if you look up, you'll find the Dare Company, uh, Maple Cookies, Maple cream cookies, the fudgios, uh, that it's Canadian. That's that's who we are. But um, yeah, Oreos are no longer suitable for Muslim dietary consumption. So that's a claim Oreos made. Now we don't know, Carl. Is it due to an ingredient, or is it due to pressure? I believe they don't want to take the same path that Toblerone took, where Toblerone made themselves uh, certified halal which meant that, yes, this chocolate, which is a globally known chocolate that people around the world adore and love, and we're still trying to come to terms that when they went from the triangles to those squash triangles, I don't know why they did that. Uh, maybe their machines broke, and uh, or maybe that's what just turned out to be economical for them. But when they claim that their chocolates are certified halal, uh, people uh, went on a rampage on on Toblerone, uh, saying that how they were Sharia compliant and they were the Muslim chocolate and so many stores barred them and banned them. So I think, I, I hope Oreos is saying that they're not certified halal, meaning that they don't want that sticker or seal that will cause an uproar that will hurt their business. Uh, but the ingredients should be fine. Uh, as for the response, um, Muslim Matters, um, replied to Oreo's tweet saying that they can advise what the ingredient was. And thus far, I don't see anything that has um, brought forth clarity. Uh, Carl, I want to ask you, can you enlighten us on what's happening here uh, in regards to the Twitter war uh, and Oreos? 
Yes, yes, I can because I actually did some re. I was, you know, I was researching because I wanted to make sure I had the proper hashtags in our title, and uh, I did find one. I found a tweet from Oreo that huh? specifically said our Oreos in the U.S. and Canada are not uh, certified halal. Now, what I take that to mean, the way I read that, is that here's the ingredients list. You can see what's in there. Uh And I actually saw somebody else post an ingredients list, and the vanilla wasn't on that list. So, whatever. But on that list... uh, it, it it the I I believe you're correct with the Toblerone statement. I believe that's what it was. Is they don't carry a uh, they don't carry a halal sticker. Not to say that the ingredients are fine for are not fine or fine for consumption. Is that double negative? I don't know. But <laughs> it's it's not to say that 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 they're not okay to eat. Mm-hmm. Just that we don't have a certification sticker. And that's that. I mean, that was the way I was to take it. Mm-hmm. And it, again, reading multiple ingredients lists, I uh, it, it's okay because I know I used to work in the food industry. And if you weren't kosher and you weren't halal, one of the weirdest questions I got, and I'll tell you, I worked I worked with coffee specifically, and mm-hmm. there was nothing else in the factory. It was just coffee. Well, I'll take that back. We had sugar and some simple syrups, but they were bottled and boxed in another part of the warehouse, so it wasn't even remotely an issue. But we had people call and say, is your coffee halal? And we'd have to say no because there was no certification on it. But but it's coffee. (laughs) We're not adding anything to it. So by nature, it's halal. But do you think that that's another way to kind of loop the two topics together, stating that, you know, people are really scared to have any affiliation with Islam and Muslims nowadays. You know, Nike got backlash for their hijab. Then they got backlash with Colin Kaepernick. He's not a Muslim. Um, Any company that does something with Muslims apparently gets some backlash. Do you feel that's what it is, Carl? I mean, I, I mean, I, I can see that because wasn't it, uh, what was it? What was the, was it the, the Keurig company? And they did something that was like pro-Islam or, or, or they supported Kaepernick or something. And people were smashing their stuff in the driveway and they were burning their, I remember they were burning their Nike stuff. Yeah, Kaepernick, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, People, you've already paid for that. You're not hurting the company. You're only hurting yourself. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so, I mean, may, maybe it is. May, maybe it, 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 it is a way to, to avoid, you know, a, avoid creating ripples in the water. Maybe it it's possible. just that simple. Possible. But at the end of the day, we will not know. And so I ask from you as we close tonight, what is your... What is your ruling? What is your fatwa on Oreos? Because, you know, we cannot have a midnight snack uh, with um, 
Chips Ahoy. Come on, let's be real here. It's Oreos, you know, it's that smooth texture, the double stuffed cream that gives you that serenity and peace to get back into bed and, and have a nice, uh, have a nice uh, night. Uh, so what would you, what would you say when it comes to Oreos? Um, I, I would say that based on the ingredients that I've read thus far, and just keep in mind, everyone, according to recent changes in FDA standards, they don't have to list every ingredient on the ingredient panel. Just remember that. If you follow food, understand that there are some really drastic changes happening in the food industry. Just be aware about that. Just be aware of that. Um, we'll reach out and find out from them what the ingredient lists are. Uh, and remember, every ingredient in itself is an ingredient of ingredients. There's a whole bunch of ingredients that go into it itself. So we don't know anything tonight, Carl, but what's your, what, what's, what does your heart say? That's what I'm going to ask. What does your heart say? My heart says stop eating that stuff before you clog me to death. <laughs> so let's keep it to that. 30 days of fasting, 30 days no Oreos. Let's stop clogging ourselves to death. And uh, let's wait and see what the reason is behind Oreos recent statement. Regardless of what we're thinking, uh, fellow Muslims who are listening, um, hold off. I think the best thing is to hold off until you have clarity from the company itself as to why their statement was made as such. And then we'll take it from there. So the Oreo dilemma continues. And with that, we end the first 10 days of Ramadan. Going back to Carl for closing statements. Well, I will say if you're looking for a cookie to, to, to help you through the day, uh, and, and now as you said it, I'm like thinking I need to get some of those. Those maple creams are absolutely amazing. Just head over to your local Whole Foods and ask for the maple cream cookies because they are phenomenal. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I will thank everybody that joined us on Twitter and I will thank everybody that joined us on YouTube. I will thank you for watching. I will thank you for sharing. I will thank you for commenting. Uh, a couple of housekeeping notes. We have updated our website and we officially have a swag tag now in the menu. So you can go through at the top of our menu at vennetwork.org and click the swag button. And it'll take you to the, uh, the, the, the store where you can get all the cool things like the T-shirt I'm wearing. And uh, I will also, it'll help support the network, help support the host, help support the shows, and help us garner a larger audience. I will also say that do not forget, we are looking for your designs for cool swag. Uh, I know I've got to finish talking to one in particular artist who reached out who's thinking about submitting some designs, but we're looking for your designs. Give us your design. We'll run a contest. Best design, $200. Sounds good. Sounds fine. You can find us everywhere. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Venn Network. Uh, V-E-N-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. Check out our website, V-E-N-N-W-O-R-K.org. Uh, and you can find all the other shows and all the other information over there. And I think that is all of the housekeeping information. And with that, we will say, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. First of all, we should develop detention centers for them. Everywhere there is a slum, we'll find them in a This has been a production of the Venn Network.